Hey there, all you cuties. This is Zach. I'm not scripting this because I want it to be as authentic and from the heart as possible. We are now officially a part of the Realm FM network. That means that they're going to be handling our advertisements and our cross-promotions and things like that from here on out. And honestly, I couldn't be happier. We have had such an amazingly smooth and clean experience with them, and the only issues we've ever had were on our side. (laughs) But this new relationship is actually a really big change for us. We've had ads and things like that before, but you might see an increase of them. They might start showing up in places you didn't expect, but generally, we're always going to try to make sure that those ads have clean transitions from things like our meta segments and any other obvious clean breaks. We don't want to ruin the immersion for you, and we definitely don't want to bombard you. But at the same time, we kind of need to make money. This is a big process, and it takes a lot of time for us. And down the line, we'd like to make this our full-time job, and Realm's going to help us make that happen. We hope and believe that our loyal listeners will support us through this whole process, and honestly, I think it's going to mean more and more good things coming down the pipeline. But it's really important to me that you know that regardless of money and advertising, the future of this show is assured. Honestly, we have plans that are going to knock your freaking socks off, and we can't wait to let you know more about them. But for now, go ahead and sit tight, take care, And until then, always and forever, we wish you luck. EXPN, your only source for up-to-the-minute coverage of the League of Ultimate Questing. I'm your host, Paige Theta Rowe, and with me, as always, is Sarge Hardbody. Oh wow, today's the day Foul Crown moved into their new dig on Akrataria. I couldn't be more excited. Desperate to peep into other people's private homes, are we? Growth, Paige. No, I'm just happy for them. So you're more of a fellow crown than a fallow downer. Wow, so bad. I regretted them the moment they left my vocal chamber. I don't see why so many fans have such a hate on for these heroes. I mean, yeah, they caused a lot of problems, but they never meant to do any harm. Plus, they solved more problems than they caused. I just figured you for a detractor. Don't get me wrong, with hella fun, and hella gone. Nice. Thank you. And Pennycloth's glow down to a wayfish team. And Gaspar's gas can in the trash can. The team lost like 70% of its muscle mass. I'm not happy about it by any means. But that's no reason to put a team on blast. I just think they deserve another shot. Besides... Tushar's second coming has nothing but math and potential. Give that man a barbell and watch the brooch and get swole. Well, for your sake, if no one else's, I hope their Akrotarian manse will have a full gym. We can only hope, Paige. We can only hope. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits.
A wrought iron gate, in the style of creeping vines, opens on a path of San Pietrini cobblestones. Their cubic igneous make and pozzolanic blood mortar promise centuries, if not millennia, of use. The cobbles pave way to a roundabout, the center fountain of which depicts a stag woven from vines and wood, all cast in bronze, its head raised in a bellow. Between you and the manse is a semicircle of verdant walking paths, lined with grape-covered Corinthian columns bearing the weight of the terracotta canopy. These paths come from the stable to the left and Aetherport to the right, and join in the middle, lined with braziers, as they lead past the modest gardens to a central structure. In the Aetherport, your ship can be seen. She's a sun sloop, her bow and gunwale plated in shining bronze, and with four cannons to a side, she is built to withstand considerable threat. Her triangular topsail and rear and side-mounted solar sails unfurl like the fins of a lionfish. She is large enough to berth four with basic accommodations. This is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Oi, she's a fine boat. Iavos reaches up to one of the columns and plucks a fat grape off one of the vines. Wow, they're even practical. <laughs> they're delicious. From what you can tell, there's definitely been some magic at play in order to get them to grow this fast and this well. But whatever it is, they've done a good job. So much room for secrets. From the outside, the only thing you can see is a large wall. White brick, white mortar with terracotta top. Is this really all ours? The, the sloop too? Abscessa Vinculum, who in a rare show of support, decided to join you on the trip, chimes in. I would say that yours is something of a liberal interpretation. Technically, it's mine, but it was done in your honor, and as long as you're a part of my team, you'll get to keep it. Well, I won't complain. I I'd even like to give some Akritarian applause. <laughs> <laughs> they explained it to me. Anything more than that is inefficient. <laughs> I can respect that. Oi, Nelly, you want to race me to the front? I sure do. As you head up the central pathway, the vast, banded bronze double doors strike you as almost utilitarian, and yet strangely at home in the minimalist exterior of the outer walls. While consistently the off-whites of bone, teeth, and occasionally the deep red of tissues, the bricks are neither uniform nor one make. The rustic materials and assemblage grant a sense of time to the structure that no amount of artificial patina or cracking paint could afford. This was crafted in the style of ancient ancestors, common to so many worlds. As you pass through the central arch of the outer wall, the interior decorated in brightly colored mosaic, you come to the courtyard. A lawn of mosses and local flora surround the oblong hexagonal lap pool in the center. To either side of the pool are smaller structures, a large pergola, heavy with fruit vines, a library, a conservatory, and a guesthouse, all in a similar rustic, ancient style to the outer walls. The layout just seems so practical. I don't think I could have picked a better place for any of those locations. Almost calculated down to the smallest of fractions. Uh, Yavos, 
Yes, Wusha. Should I stay out the pool? Depends on if we plan on having any guests over, I suppose. We can have swimming parties. This is actually a saltwater pool, and it's been designed to be able to handle your additions without necessarily throwing off the ecosystem. I'll populate to my heart's content. Do your best to avoid um, expelling anything other than, uh, you know, water. Body water? Yes. All right. That does bring up a good point. Who is maintaining these grounds while we are away? You have a team of well-paid Abelite servants. As long as they are appropriately compensated. You have to understand that speed of money matters more than anything. The intent is to get everybody well-paid so that they are spending and the economy moves fluidly. Having a lower class is only effective for civilization so long as they are all spending their money. And while we're at it, Wusha, you should probably keep a safe distance from the library. Just your natural aura tends to turn peel pages and taint books a bit. Oh, uh, suppose I'll ask you something later then. There is something that you will all notice almost immediately. There is not much in the way of enchantment here. We're not the hub. We're not the League of Ultimate Questing. We don't wildly and irresponsibly and frivolously throw away magic. Everything here is designed to work as best it can with simple machinery and architecture. That being said, there is the occasional spell designed to make things easier or to aid in what have you. Of course, you would probably have more high-technology functions if you were to be staying in the hub, like you were with the commissioner. However, I think you will find this much more appropriate to your adventurer's instincts. I never much cared for the automatic arcane stoves anyway. I like to light my own fire. You will find a collection of fragrant woods available for burning. Oh, perhaps I can do a bit of smoking. (laughs) It should be noted that all of your amenities will be met here. If you go out into the world and choose to frivolously spend on my credit, I might apply restrictions. So be cautious. Just seems fair. I can make do with what I have, sort of. The main house, which stands a story above the rest, is breathtaking. Gone is the faux rusticism of the rest of the manse. This is a temple, a monument, Freshly carved, mortared, paved, for the pleasure of what gods may wait within. The marble-colonnaded portico and balconies which frame the inner courtyard of the U-shaped manor are painted verdigris, bronze, lapis, gold, and copper. I see you've really taken the theme into consideration in the architecture. We have, yes, but it is important to note that while we do love your verdigris and your bronze... We feel like a good accent to that is going to be the lapis blue and a good gold. Otherwise, everything just looks like too much contrast. I'll take your word for it. But that's just the exterior. Please, come inside. I do like the oversized door key. (laughs) (laughs) There's also an inside? That's the nicest house I've ever been in. (laughs) You enter the center structure to find there is no foyer or entry room. Instead, a large open floor plan with a sunken living room and massive kitchen at the rear of the space. The walls are lined with mosaics, each depicting battles, adventures, etc. of the Fallow Crown. While other decorations and furniture are sparse, each of you can imagine how this space might become home. The center of this home 
is dedicated to the essentials. Kitchen, living room, storage, communal workshops, entertainment areas, etc. Each wing is separated into two levels. You have the east wing, which is going to be Nelly and Iavos. And the west, which is Gaspar and... Well, it had been intended for Hal, but uh, for now it will remain empty until and if you decide to have a fifth member. Oh, I uh, suppose I can just sleep on the boat? Oh, no, Wusha. The entire basement has been made into a grotto for your services, pumping in the river water, which you can adjust to your own climate needs. You're, you're giving me my own cave? That is the intent. The entirety of the basement is natural stone. That includes the bathhouse and the sauna. Those two, I imagine you will be staying far away from? Steam and I never really got along too well. Now, I imagine the lobsters that live inside of your genitals wouldn't like it too much. I miss those guys. Lobsters inside your gen. <laughs> There's a very clear size indication going on here. I call them mm. lobsters. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Muscles and cockles, am I right? <laughs> Dick the size of two lobsters. <laughs> Claws and everything. <laughs> Market value. <laughs> the ground floor in the west wing, is dedicated to Yavos. As the five of you enter, what do they see? Well, knowing that Yavos and Penelope were going to be sharing one side of the house, instead of it seeming very much like one floor leading to another, this is basically one big area. They, they share equally. And Yavos definitely left Penelope more in charge of picking what kinds of furniture and decorations she felt most comfortable with. Yavos's bedroom in of itself is very sparse, as he is used to. Simple hardwood floors and shelves that are still waiting for some more books. A nice, simple bed. Meager closet. And while he was given the option to fill several rooms, uh, he likes to consolidate a little bit. But he took the largest room and turned it into his office, uh, a place where he can study his tomes, spellcraft, and to do a little bit of tinkering. Um, The other rooms are used for storage and perhaps places to do more dangerous experiments with magic. But his entire section is fairly sparse and is open to everyone, save for his study and his bedroom. The room that you've dedicated for more arcane pursuits is specifically reinforced and designed to handle that kind of damage. Nellie's room is very vertical in its orientation, with bookshelves that climb upwards and all manner of nooks and crannies where she can crawl in or lie in or... Uh, squat upon. And instead of a traditional bed, not that any of the pennies ever used one, she has something of a suspended, almost nest-like structure with a round pillowy mattress and a number of pillows. I'm imagining like a papasan bowl. (laughs) (laughs) The other rooms in Nellie's wing are a bit sparse as she hasn't quite decided what to do with all of them. But there is an area for her to exercise. There is an area for her to read if she doesn't want to read in her bedroom. And one large room is currently taking the place of her wardrobe. A hoofing closet. (laughs) Now, I had anticipated that you would utilize this amount of space. If I'm wrong in that, I would be happy to reduce the size of your home. Next time you're on a long-term mission, I can just knock down a few walls. Well, it's just we're not used to so much. With time... I'm sure we'll grow into our environment, but it would seem 
Perhaps a few more rooms than I would personally need, but perhaps we could have guests or something. I find most people like snakes tend to grow to fit their environment. I don't know. Seems all right to me. (laughs) Moving on, you find yourselves on the east wing. The top floor at the moment is cordoned off with nothing remarkable inside of it. But the bottom is dedicated to Gaspar. Wherever curtains could be hung up (laughs) without being fully obnoxious, Gaspar has placed them there. You never know when somebody could be hiding behind one of them, especially Gaspar himself. His bedroom is filled with dovetail-jointed dark wood furniture. He has a canopy bed, which of course has more curtains hanging around the sides of it. Two nightstands, a basic wardrobe, and a writing desk. But this is not truly where he will sleep. This is the decoy room. (laughs) There is a portrait of the fallow crown on one wall, which when tilted will create a seam in the marble, revealing a smaller bedroom with a rack of weapons on the side. This too is a decoy room. (laughs) When not properly managed, the door will close and will not reopen. What am I going to do with all these rooms? Traps. (laughs) You mean prison cells? (laughs) Gaspar's true bedroom is actually another secret room attached on the opposite side of the hallway that is attached to the game room. There's a large felted table, a whole bunch of small board games, cards, and in the corner are a few taps of beer, cider, and wine. Just stuff to share when you have company around. You note that along with those things is a very familiar wet bar, stocked with very familiar alcohols. I had, well, when the commissioner was hmm, arrested and the rest of you were uh, missing, uh, there was an auction for some things, and I decided to buy as much of it as I could. You'll find your old possessions somewhere inside of your locations in one of the storage rooms boxed away, but this seemed too fun to keep stored. I was afraid the authorities had confiscated that and kept it for themselves. I did. (laughs) Ah, I guess, to be expected. But I do appreciate the sentiment. She nods. Gaspar will rifle through a few bottles, lift one up, inspect it. Ah, this bottle will remind me of Halophon, but its contents will help me forget. (laughs) Absessa leads you down to a spiral staircase that leads beneath the house. You are greeted with the smell of petrichor, stone and water. A distant smell of the sea begins to creep in at the edges. What do they see in the basement? At the bottom of the stairs, the ground turns from hard-packed, you know, carven stone to the loose detritus of a forest floor, complete with its own gravel and path leading forward. The path doesn't go terribly far before it splits into three directions, two of which headed off toward the sauna and the bathhouse, and the third one continuing forward. 
At their meeting point, there is a post of an old ship, a mast that reaches up toward the ceiling, filled with spears and other things Wuxia may need to grab quickly. If you head forward, that smell of the sea gets stronger. The sound of water starts to surround you, like gentle waves beating a cliffside. The cliffside in question is not that far of a drop down, because we are still in a basement, but far enough for Wuxia to do a sick cannonball off of. The middle of the cliff has a path that leads down toward the water itself, something that may have been stairs at one point in time, but has been ground to near nothing, save for a stone beach at the bottom. Not a pleasant one of sand, but a rocky, hard one, like you might find here in the Pacific Northwest. One side of the cliff, on the left of the path, is high and perfect for jumping or screaming your stresses out over the sea. The other half has a room that's shaped like the base of a lighthouse. No lighthouse on top of it, just the what you'd call like the first story of it. Inside that sits an optional bedroom for Wuxia. Pretty Spartan, as he tends to live if given his own space. But a ladder leading down toward the sea shows his actual bed. A tangle of sargassum and driftwood that he just sleeps on. All of the trees are a thin layer of false bark and moss surrounding what's truly the stone and marble and what have you underneath that actually makes the basement what it is. Without just the many pillars down here, this would be a big open room with a drop in one bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) The outermost wall towards the north is open air leading out onto the backyard, if that is indeed what it could be called. To the west is an arena complete with stands and pillars surrounding it. It is roughly an acre in size and seems completely pristine, which you imagine you will not allow to remain that way for long. To the east is a lush and well-kempt garden with a gazebo at the center. Both of these give way to sloping ground and eventually a beach along a river which divides your land from the lands to the north. Every land that was not described here is covered in thick, dense forest. These can be removed in order to add more features as necessary. You just uh, request that the forest be well lit. <laughs> no more dark woods. <laughs> it's all so lovely. And Wusha, your space is so imaginative. You know, I thought I'd lean into my whole new idea. Wood meets wet. I'll be honest. I was expecting more of that from the rest of you. I guess you all really are used to living in what, caves? Boxes? Discarded shells? Safe houses. I didn't know that columns were normally attached to ceilings before I got here. Mm, (laughs) The difference between a ruin and a temple. Ed, interior decoration was never really of value. Something taught to me. Decoration aside, I mean, needs, utilities. I mean, we could have made you all manner of things. I'm... Looking forward to decorating my room the old-fashioned way. Mm, with servants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking with a paintbrush, but... Mm, rustic. You can have a whole painting room. I have some ideas. I no longer need a room to store body parts. Nor do I need the laboratory anymore. We did take the liberty of installing a freezer for you in case you have any corpses you'd like to store in there. Oh, it's a Remoraz. A walk-in Remoraz? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll leave you to it. Um, I have my own things to take care of, and this has taken quite a bit more time than I anticipated. Uh, thank you again for the lovely home and all the amenities that come with it. This is payment for services rendered, and I imagine those will be rendered soon. Granted, and we've been paid for services before, this is just much nicer than the payments we're used to. You've never been champion rank before. I should note that soon we will learn the nature of your champion qualifying quest. And I hope for all of our sakes that you do well. Your contract depends on it. Now that is one hell of a pad. No doubt, no doubt. But did she just say we added lapis and gold, otherwise the copper and green would be too much contrast? Yes. Page, come on. Blue and orange are contrasting colors. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Like, yeah. That's just, you know. Page, do you not have, like, an aesthetic drive or program or subroutine? I get by just fine. My apartment is a tasteful ensemble of the finest silvers. It's a chrome nightmare, buddy. It's like walking into the world's dumbest mirror maze. Also, who puts flatware in a display case on the wall? I've been collecting those for decades. They're not even collectibles. It's just an array of different forks from different sets. Uh, I just like them. They seem like they'd be fun to eat with. Oh, buddy, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to dunk on your nourishment challenge lifestyle. I know you would blast Prote with the best of them if you had a gullet to shove it down. Thank you. And I'm sure if you were a machine, your diodes would be composed of the finest selenium. Thanks, I guess. Ahem. Contrasting colors, you say? Right? Sorry, folks. Your red and green is too much. Here's another high-contrast pairing to lighten the load. What amateurs? I know they're going for that ancient, high-color, low-taste thing, but jeez. Well, taste aside... The Fallow Crown has free reign to redesign their new manse in whatever style, or lack thereof, they might wish. The only question is, will they be allowed to keep it? Without a qualifying champion-ranked quest, the Crown will have to forfeit their status as a team. Do they have what it takes to rise in the ranks, or will they be relegated to the ring? Stay tuned to EXPN to find out. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, cool cats and kittens? I'm famous rock and roll ranger, Shred Tugent. I'm famous for killing monsters big and small. If you're anything like me, you'll leave a trail of lifeless corpses in your wake. Well, I'm here to introduce you to my new cookbook and way of life. If you kill it, you eat it. It's the Slay and Filet Diet. I'll give you killer recipes for shambling mound kimchi, abolith and chips, cloaker-wrapped grick on a stick, and minotaur tar. Order today and get three of my signature monster-killing arrows, sold nationwide at Archery Outlet. I may not have a very high intelligence, but boy, can I kill and eat. Slay and filet. It's time to feed the beast. To your friends and family. Hey, all you cuties. You bring the butter, I'll bring the mid-roll. As many of you have seen from last week, the League of Ultimate Questing and Slapdash Studios is now partnered with Realm. We look forward to working with them to bring the LUQ to as many people as possible for as long as we can. Visit the LUQ.com for links to everything you need to support and learn more about the show. Things like photos, links to the merch page, cast bios, and of course links to the Patreon, where you can get a whole mess of D&D content in exchange for supporting the show. Because without that support, the show's not possible. Our legendary mid-roll teams are as follows. The Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and the Titans Rise, with Christopher Mashburn, Dylan Hoyt, a.k.a. Meat Dad, John Reinhardt, and Liza to get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Be sure to follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdashstreams for Monday Night Live premieres of new episodes with Dana and gaming throughout the week. Mailing address is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214 if there's anything you've been dying to get to the cast. No homemade food, please. And if you're in the Portland area, visit wayfinder.beer to get tickets to the next Goblet Up event, where many of the cast will be DMing and hosting. We hope to see you there. But that's plenty from me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis. It's dinner time and you need to feed the whole clan. And with four dozen bloodthirsty mouths to feed full of razor-sharp teeth, there's nowhere better for that authentic food like they made back home than Olive Goblin. Gristle cakes, candied wolf's balls, big piles of wet hair, fart sandwiches, soup made from blood and toenails, coleslaw, socks stuffed with paint chips, fart salads, and of course, bottomless garlic grubs. Pull up to the trough, drop your trousers, and feast like you mean it at Olive Goblin. When you're here, you're part of the clan. <laughs> From the moment you found out that Isago Shigure and Rain had been detained, you had put in your request to see them. It was only a couple of days into your time at your new manse that you received your letter, approving your visit. You've been inside of the cells at Hub many times before, but never as a visitor. You are flanked by antiheroes everywhere you go. The halls, white and stark, lead on and on until you finally find your way to the cell of Isago Shigure. Your guards stand to either side of the door, and gesture for you to enter. I'll go in first. Imagine it's not very roomy. The space inside is much in the style of the commissioner's office. Burnt Shosugiban walls, tatami floors, and shoji screens fill the space, as does the smell of wood smoke. 
a few moments after you enter, Rain wheels the commissioner out from behind one of the shoji screens. He is sick. That much is clear. His age, though considerable, has never given him an air of weakness. Quite the contrary. He has always radiated with strength. Yet here and now, he is decrepit. Sallow. His silver hair thinning, and his gold eyes without the shine and luster which you have grown so accustomed to. He is a skeleton in gray robes. Rain is dressed in a simple white t-shirt and black toby trousers. Gone is her garish hairstyle and bright colors. In their stead, a simple black pixie cut. The first time you've seen her natural hair color. She removes her thin wire spectacles and begins cleaning them against her shirt. I... I'm not even sure what to say. You've always been better at starting. It is good to see you. I'm sorry it can't be under better circumstances. Are they not taking care of you here? They're taking very good care of us. All amenities provided. Food. Lavish. But, unfortunately, she lays a hand on Shigure's shoulder. Dragons were never meant to be caged. Then this is torture. For him. I've caught up in my reading. I imagined myself immune. (laughs) I was doing what was right, and therefore the righteous would be at my back. I was wrong. Tornatioa was petty. Gilda, capricious. Mule and adventurous guild could be bought. My removal as commissioner was unceremonious and my arrest without protest. I am sorry you have to see me like this. Well, I'm in a way sorry that we were gone so long. Not that we had much control over that situation. Perhaps it would be better if you never came. Maybe you would have found peace there. I cannot promise you peace from you. Well, you've never found it. Peace is what keeps me moving forward. No, indeed. Your new body looks remarkable. Oh, well, thank you. It suits you. I'm still getting used to it, but figure I'll fill its shoes out soon. Sometimes he forgets that he has two legs and he stubs his toe and he tries to kick it into the wall. (laughs) It's true. Shoes is still a weird concept. I was so used to shoe. He lets out a pained laugh. I am pleased to see you are doing well. I am... I was... Shocked to hear that you accepted a contract with Alcisovinculum. I never would have imagined. You alone, Gaspar, seem least likely. I think the temptation came from her being a pariah of sorts amongst Abelites. In this way, she is kin. She has always been a forward thinker. And unfortunately, as you know, Abelites tend not to think forward. We also had conditions of our own. Has she been helping you like she promised? She is giving me information that she had not been before. She has also helped to get access to other kinds of contacts. I'm glad to hear it. It is not without cost, however. She does not do anything for free. Yes, we're learning that very quickly. She is not an ally. 
not for you and not for me. But she is an asset. And we had to take a contract with someone or we would have just been criminals on the hub. (laughs) Perhaps. With everything that's transpired, have your goals and priorities changed at all? Never. My resolve is as strong as it has ever been. But I imagine it will be some time before I am free. How much does captivity threaten your life? That is difficult to say. I don't imagine it will kill me. At least not what I really am. Eventually this body will die. And that is what I am most afraid of. I am bound to it by oath. And if it goes, so might I. Well, it seems that whatever crimes they're laying on your name to put you here, many of the same are attached to us now. Indeed. Armistice has chosen not to divulge our collective indiscretions to the powers in Abel, nor will they extradite, if we play ball, so to speak. I've thought long and hard about it. Rustboro did not betray me, of that I am certain. I imagine Armistice simply outplayed me. I am powerful but bullheaded, and at times unwise. Well, and the pawns you are moving on the board didn't always follow your direction as as clearly as they could have. And I lacked information, but there are no excuses. You were smarter. I just don't know how much smarter. Is there anything we can do to help you now? Cement yourselves as champions. That is most important. The more you rise in power, the more likely I will be seen as less dangerous. It's important that you understand I am not innocent of the crimes they accuse me of. I am very guilty. But whether the laws were just is the question. And uh, if we're to help fix, adjust those laws, who do we, uh, who do we grease the palms of? It is not your responsibility to play politician. That is mine. I appreciate your offer of help, but I imagine you would cause more damage than you would solve. I ain't good at that job. <laughs> we all have our parts to play. There's uh, lots of seas I can navigate. One of them ain't diplomacy. <laughs> that is very good. And I suppose the big bottom line is that we don't work for you anymore. No, you don't. But you will not be able to go to Arrow without me. Armistice will never allow it. He if he had his way, would destroy you completely. But such action would be noticeable. He is taking his time. That does not, however, mean that he hasn't figured out other ways to harm you. Yes, I don't suppose all of us will end up in such a beautiful cage. Indeed. Gaspar, you're certain in your skill set that they're not listening in on us right now? It's not worth the risk. Doing so would give us a case that would allow us to free uh, Mr. Shigoi. In a world of magic, well, all it takes is some components and some gestures to look in on somebody's life. Privacy is praised. Well, it's in our best interest to continue being heroes on the league, growing stronger and climbing that ladder, but it's because we have somewhat new motives. We've been betrayed so many times now, and... 
most recently by those dearest to us. And there are still many questions in our future. It's unclear if we'll ever be able to return to air with your help or without. Well, in truth, as long as you have a ship, you have a way. It won't be legal, but it is possible. Have you learned any new information about Halifon? <laughs> Halifon. That was a bad prey on my part. I never imagined he would do something like this. No. My knowledge of Ethotoa was always limited. Tonatiwa was the one who recommended Halifon. I see now that he might have been doing so at his mother's best. And it never occurred to me that Ethotoa might be corrupted. Well... If not Halifon, it might have been Ophidian, and, well, it would have been the same in the end. I'm not so sure. There is a reason I wanted Ophidian. I would be lying if I said I did not know something of his nature. But I also knew that there was something good in him. He helped more than you think. Nothing he ever did was against you, at least not so far as I could see. Nothing that wasn't compelled. It is a shame, of course, that he was already under somebody else's employ. Mr. Shigure, Thaddeus and Yats didn't really explain uh, what you were charged with exactly. Technically, I am responsible for everything you did. But more than that, I did, in fact, make purchases of illegal smuggled goods from error. I am also accused of murder from my past. There are many smaller charges, but the ones that are of greatest concern are violating the airspace and territory of error for my own gain and conspiracy to commit murder, specifically that of Maven. That was that strange masked man. We've finally met him at our hearing. He came in at the very last minute and swayed the vote in our favor. He's always been good at diplomacy. I would not be convinced that he has your best interests at heart. He's simply playing a long game. I'm sure of it. Rain puts a hand on his shoulder at that. Oh, don't baby me. I know he's up to something. And that's what the weapons were for? I got the weapons with the intent of researching and determining what kind of damage they could do. And yes, I did keep one for my own purposes. I did offer one to one of my agents. And I would be lying if I said I did not intend to use them to bring an end to the man who destroyed my world. I mean, when you think about it, who doesn't have a god-killing weapon in their pantry. It's a very dangerous thing, keeping one for yourself, I say very subtly, locking eyes with Gaspar for a split second. <laughs> yes, well, threats abound in this world. Plural threats, most of all. I long ago believed that abstract creatures were pure in their intentions, and that they could be trusted to always behave in accordance with what you saw. But my time in the cosmos has taught me something else. He looks at Nelly. 
it has taught me that some things are designed to change, and we can't always know what those are. As much as I would like to continue, I think I am growing weary. But before you go, you should know something. I have been establishing contacts with the help of Obsessive Incurum. Some of them in the Commissioner's office. I said before that he has other ways that he can harm you. The champion qualifying quest has already been decided. And I believe it is one he does not intend for you to succeed. There's no way Armistice can give us a quest that would be impossible for our level. That would raise too much suspicion. Not without aid from the administration. So what exactly are we meant to do? He expects you to find and fight the Wandering Terror, the menace of the Battle Axis. He expects you to kill Yadruhai. Sensei? Yes, Rain? Far be it from me to question your wisdom, but... You are wondering why I did not tell them about Mr. Rossboro. It's just that if he and Mr. Bradley are in danger, it is vital that we act quickly. This is true. But the creature they are about to face is of the purest evil and the most terrible power. Distraction could lead to a fate worse than death. And I could not live with that on my conscience. But you will employ them to aid Warren. Don't you? I am sorry to say, but if Mr. Rospero has failed, I am not confident our friends could succeed. Then what do we do? It is not our concern. Sensei, we cannot leave Warren to die. And if what he fears is true, then Dirk... It is not our concern, Ray. Our concerns balance the fate of the cosmos. And right now, the only concern that matters... The Avos and his guardians. If sparing them this anxiety is the difference between victory and loss at the vile hands of the Adruhai, then it can wait. And meanwhile, our loyal friend might be in danger. No, Rain. Meanwhile, my loyal friend is probably dead. And if not, suffering of fate that is worse than death. That sounds like bullshit. Fucking ready. Let's go. We killed a weird, crying, blinking eye god. <laughs> Bring it on. I'll fight the Urukai. <laughs> I've been expecting this encounter since it aired in the meta. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did have a have a waft of potential threat down the road. I didn't know. I, I thought it maybe sneak up on us, but mm, commissioned to go beat to its butt down. cheeks. You thought. Urukai, and I immediately thought uh, Ugdra Jihad from fucking Hellboy. Okay, when I heard the name. A whole lot uh, of words. To be fair, 
they fought a giant eye monster in uh, Roke 43 and they didn't kill it. They just drove it away with the help of powerful shamans and literally the power of the earth. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> of the Leviathan that we fought. Oh, oh okay. Which had okay, a big okay. eye and was There's crying been a lot of a lion. big eyes. Big yeah, things have yeah. big eyes. That I, happens. That's fair. And admittedly, you didn't kill, kill that. We, you blinded it temporarily. We tickled yeah, we, it in the eye. Its, we killed its vision for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we made, we made a god blink. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, speaking of, of eye clouds, <laughs> eye creatures, Zach, when you described our our the inside of the manse as having mosaics of our deeds, I'm like, this is just all fucking terrifying art. Like, who would want to be in that room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to make a comment of like, hmm, rather not relive that memory. <laughs> this is so much grosser than you described it, Papa. I just want to go stare at the one of the meat dungeon. <laughs> it's a scratch and sniff. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wuxia's kind of mosaic. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's hear some fucking favorite moments here. I want to say the Wuxia decorating scene was pretty good. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. what kind of madman would go, fuck it, lighthouse in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> if I can't cannonball in my bedroom, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I realize that asking for favorite moments in a house description followed by a jail visit is pretty rough. <laughs> the jailhouse, the jailhouse episode. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, some of our best moments were in a jailhouse between you and uh, uh, Penny. Mm, that was a good. One. Mm, that was that was. There was tasty. some juice there, but anyway, I loved fucking Gaspar's Russian nesting secret rooms. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. felt very good. Felt very on point. I am just the fact that we all have a big fucking manner to do whatever the hell we want with now, within reason is a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to how all four of us fuck up Zach's sweet vision here. <laughs> Most of this is placeholder to be fair. Um, my favorite part was that the commissioner complimented Wusha's new form and nobody else's. <laughs> <laughs> so what a sorry. backhanded favorite moment. My, wow. my, my feelings are a little hurt. <laughs> Commissioner's like, oh, we've seen Penny change so many times. It's I was like, oh, that's old Gaspar. Oh, yeah, okay. He's <laughs> like, a woman now. Okay. Is that a different Penny? That's got hooves and horns. <laughs> In retrospect, I probably should have acknowledged everybody's new form, and I <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> I mean, okay. Gaspar's riding some lady meat now. Correct. Yeah, I, I kept tr- like, I just there's never a point to comment on it, but like that all happened when we were apart. I just want to be like, I, I would really if y'all can try to catch me more on stuff like that during the moment, I would appreciate it because I need, I need, I need some. No, spotters. no. Now it's canon that the uh, ex commissioner doesn't like our new bodies. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, need, I need spotters, y'all. I wasn't paying that much attention. That's fair. Can we refer to him as XCOM now? Yeah. XCOM, <laughs> yeah. XCOM likes big, hairy, burly men. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I'm a wet bear. I mean, my I think my favorite moment is the fact that we got to see Rain again, and it wasn't us on the receiving end of a scolding. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was kind of humbled by their own crimes, because I just like Rain as a character, and it seems like usually it's like getting scolded for fucking up our quest or doing something silly. And it was a nice change of pace to see her and not have to stress about that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought like the loss of the, uh, the usual outfit description was like least favorite moment. It was, it was uh, the heartbreak. Yeah. It was a little heartbreaking. I mean, I, lo- I personally like the fact that I got to show rain's natural hair color and oh. not like a ridiculous, like I'm dressed to the nines, you know, but all right. All right. You can't take away fashion and hair dye. That's always waiting in the future. <laughs> I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying like, it, it, 
was humbling. It was a heart. Yeah, it was humbling. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Fair enough. More so than the deflated dragon in a wheelchair. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that one was disarming. I wasn't ready. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know that there was a new type of dragon. We've got metallic, chromatic, and geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> Old Drampa. <laughs> Actual Pokemon. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I need to realize that that I should never pass y'all uh, uh, Q and A sections. I've realized that generally speaking, y'all struggle to like think of questions to ask. I need to not do it. I need to just be like. Because usually I'm, I'm I'm torn between two options: exposition dump and Q and A, and it's like both feel bad because exposition dumps are just like me reading shit, which you know, okay, great. And then like Q and A, it's like it puts a lot of pressure on y'all to be like, okay, let me just imagine all this shit I could ask these characters. It would be really funny in retrospect if if you know we kind of paused at a at a point and Rain was just like. I knew this would happen. Here's here's a list that I put together for you. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the pre-approved questions. Well, just in like our format too, there's a lot of times when like in the moment we have like a question that's kind of important to us and we want to ask it, but it, it's like, this is too soon to discuss this. Uh, so yeah. I feel like something in the back of our minds might be holding us back. Like, what can we ask that's juicy and good that's not going to be too spoilery for later? Yeah. Give us, or, or, at least, or even just like rob future moments of their zing. Yeah. Which is... The opposite of the intent of this one. This one was like, let's clear up some things that haven't been covered, but we're we're trapped in a dungeon of our own fear. I would like to take this moment to thank Sam Hediger, the editor, twice, because I didn't thank him last time. Sam, thank you for editing this episode. Thank you for editing the last episode. Thank you for editing all of these episodes. Thanks, Throw in Sam. a third one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we really, we've had a bad habit of kind of like dragging on the episodes a little too long or doing things that maybe we shouldn't be doing. And it's been really difficult for you. And I really, really appreciate all the effort that you've put forward. Uh, that being said, I've really enjoyed this particular episode. I've enjoyed this kind of downtime that we've had for the last two chapters. You know, I feel like it's about time for that to change. So we'll see how that goes as we go forward. And when that time comes, I wish you luck. Luck.